Curious. Hello and welcome to the Be Health Curious podcast, where we talk all things bariatric surgery. I'm Robin, one of the founders of Health Curious, and today we're talking with Jason Kuhn about having a gastric bypass during a global pandemic and how he's changing his lifestyle for the better. It's a motivational episode that will be sure to set us all straight. As always, I'll let him introduce himself. Enjoy. My name is Paul Jason Kuhn, but I go by Jason because there's only one Paul Kuhn in the world, and that's my that's my 78 year old daddy. Uh, mm-hmm. I am 51 years old. Uh, I have been a heavy guy uh, my whole life. Uh, athlete growing up, uh, played football. Always the guy that had his hand in the dirt. The offensive lineman, defensive lineman. I am currently six foot two, 225. We'll get back to that the weight stuff here in a here in a few minutes. Uh, my wife is Glenette. Been with her for 30 years. We started dating in 1989, the Friday after I graduated high school. We have two kids. Nolan, he is a uh, 21-year-old baseball player at West Texas A&M University. And my daughter, Emily, is a freshman at University of Central Oklahoma in Edmond, Oklahoma. I've been working from home. I work for the United States Air Force out of Tinker Air Force Base. I've been working from home. And then this is a big part of the weight loss story. I've been working from home since last March because of COVID restrictions. So I've been getting up from my bed and coming to my desk here in the corner of the, of the dining room, working on my computer since last March. That hasn't helped the, the weight loss stuff because you get bored and you get, and I figured out during this weight loss surgery process that I'm, I'm a bored eater. You know, you sit here and you work on the computer for a while, bored. Well, I wonder what's in the pantry. And so you go in there and you grab something. And, and so that's, that's part of it as well. Uh, I'm a type one diabetic. I was diagnosed type one at 38 years old. I'm what is called the LADA. And I believe that stands for latent autoimmune diabetic adult, which means at some point in my life, I think I've narrowed it down to my, uh, my gallbladder attack and subsequent gallbladder removal that I had that physiological traumatic event I hear causes your immune system to start attacking those cells that produce Mm -hmm. insulin and and there's nothing you could have ever done about it. Your your immune system did it. Uh, it's just like I got it when I was, a, if I had been a little kid, there was nothing I could have ever done about it, even though I've always been heavy, which I think played a part in it. So mm-hmm. uh, I can't say that. But at 38, I got diagnosed type 1. I currently wear a Medtronic insulin pump, and I wear a uh, con- continuous glucose monitor, CGM. That helps me with my diabetes. Since then, I have done several things, but my uh, I got up around the 320, 325 pound range, which for me was heavy, but I didn't ever really consider myself a person that was a candidate for weight loss surgery. You know, in my mind, when I, when they say weight loss surgery, I see the guy that's 450, the guy that's 500, the guy that's 600 pounds, you know, somebody that's really, despite what the definition says, my, what I would say, okay, that's morbidly obese. That dude's in bad shape. I never really considered myself that way because I could get out and I could still work all day in the yard or mow the yard or go help my dad on the farm or something like that. It never really restricted me, my weight. But what it did do was cause my insulin resistance to go sky high. I was using through my pump about 150 units of insulin a day, which is not good. And it just gets worse because the more fat you have on your body, the more insulin you have to use. Well, insulin promotes the growth of fat. Uh, When you promote more fat, then it makes you use more insulin, which promotes more fat growth, which makes you use more. So it's just a really vicious vicious circle. circle. 
Yes. It's a vicious circle. So my my endocrinologist at the time, his name was Valerie Nayagu. He currently doesn't work out of Oklahoma City anymore. He works out of uh, somewhere in Florida. He was always on me to, you know, you need to have weight loss surgery. We need to get this taken care of. And and I was always the resistant one, doc. That's not me. That's not me. I'm, I'm not that big. I can take care of it. I can take care of it. I can take care of it. And sure, you would diet and, and lose weight and your insulin resistance and your A1C would improve and then you'd fall off the wagon and it'd all go to crap again. So it was just, it, it never did work right. So uh, I changed doctors and went to uh, my new endocrinologist. Her name is Murdo Iliadis. She's out of Oklahoma City, out of the Integris Endocrinology Center. Her and I started talking about the weight loss surgery, but what really inspired me to do it was I had a uh, high school buddy that I'd gone to high school with. He was always, he was kind of like always, always a big guy. I always played the line. Uh, he had a lot of health issues, had a stroke, had some other things and he had weight loss surgery he had a sleeve done and man it just fell off of him and and you know that mm -hmm. kind of made me click hey if max could do this you know i can do this too you know and so i started looking into it a little bit more seriously and and when i started the process i was 320 325 had my first meeting with dr hamilton lee out of the integris bariatric center in oklahoma city uh in january uh went through the process saw the dietitian saw the psychiatrist saw the physiologist through zoom of course because it was all the COVID had it locked down at that point. Due to my insurance, I had to do a three-month supervised weight loss program. I went from 320-ish, 327 to uh, had to lose down to 217. On surgery day on June, on June the 2nd, 2021, I was at 297. Uh, and I'm currently floating around 225, depending on what you eat, what you drink, and your salt mm -hmm. intake, and just a cornucopia of other issues yes. that can make your weight fluctuate from one day to the other. I can fluctuate anyway from 228 to 225, just depending on what it is. Uh, but feel great. I go to the gym every day. I walk the dog twice every day. And on a walk, we go a little bit over a mile twice a day. You know, I burn off his energies. Then I go to the gym every day and should have done it years ago. I mean, it's it's mm. it's just one of those things that's just amazing. It's amazing the way you feel. It's amazing the way people look at you. It's, um, it's just amazing. Uh, but the education and the support that given by Dr. Lee and his group there at at the hospital and the surgery center and everything else uh, is just top notch. And you just, I can't, I can't say enough good about it. It was, it was really good. That's really great to hear because I know not all patients have that experience. So I love hearing when people do. You said you had a lot of your consultations and follow-up meetings all over Zoom. Do you think that detracted from anything or was it actually helpful to be at home checking in with doctors? I don't think it hurt anything. Personally, I think where a lot of folks have some some issues with what goes on and what happens is uh, one. I think everybody does this for the right reasons. They either want to they either want to lose weight or they want to get healthier. Unfortunately, some of us don't work for a company or have the insurance that's going to cover this like it should. So a lot of folks wind up either for pricing or because they can't get it covered by insurance or they don't actually fit in the parameters of somebody who they say was needed weight loss surgery. They go to Mexico and they mm -hmm. do it down there. And if you go down there, what you what you miss out on and what people don't understand is when you go down to those locations and you don't get the education that you get when you come out of a bariatric center and you and you sit there and you talk to the, the nutritionist and they tell you, hey, this is what you can eat. This is what you've got to change. This is what, you know, the, here's some helpful tips. Here's some, you know, some tools you can use. Here's, you know, I don't think the Zoom detracted from any of that. I think it was a benefit, no matter how it came out, of getting to hear those people and talk to them, especially my psych the psychiatrist that talked to us all, mm -hmm. uh, Dr. Keller here in Oklahoma City. 
he actually had the sleeve done. I mean, he's actually mm. a fat guy like me. Mm. I mean, and you never lose that. You never lose that stigma. I mean, I'll be a, I'm going to be a fat guy the rest of my life just because that's the way my mind is, is, is tweaked. I mean, I still, you know, this past week, I was scared to death going into last week, Thanksgiving dinner, scared to death. Cause I'm the one that does all the cooking and baking at the house, you know, and you've got a, you know, eight or 10 or 12 people coming to your house that are ready for a Thanksgiving dinner. They don't give a crap that, that they do. They don't, but they, they're like, Hey, you know, we want Turkey and we want dressing, we want mashed potatoes and we want hot rolls and we want pecan pie and we want cookies mm-hmm. and we want, you know, mm-hmm. and so you got to make sure that stuff's still there. I was scared. Now, granted, I baked, I baked all this stuff, the cookies, the pies, the everything. I didn't eat one sweet last week. I didn't eat one cookie. I didn't have one bite of pecan pie. I didn't have, I ate some mashed potatoes. I ate about half of a dinner roll, but all these things, I, I didn't, I didn't do it because I'm not supposed to. That's what this process is about. There, there are things just like when I got diagnosed as a diabetic, when I was 38 years old, there was things back then. I haven't had a drink of a real Mountain Dew since I was 38 years old. And I was a Mountain Dew guy. I haven't had a drink of a real Mountain Dew or a real fully sweet soda since I was 38 years old. Because why? Because they told me you can't do that anymore. Okay. If I can't do it, I won't do it anymore. Cause that's, I mean, that's how I'm supposed to live now. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are told you can't do this or you should do this, but that doesn't always translate into actual behavioral change. What's your deeper motivation that keeps you working towards your health day in and day out? Uh, I've been with, I've been with the same woman for 30 years. That's my partner. I mean, she's, she's seen me through layoffs. She's seen me through a bunch of other stuff. I have two kids. Uh, I hope uh, and pray to the good Lord that at some point they're going to bless me with grandchildren. Now, I don't want them today because they're too young for that. But at some point they're going to bless me. And I have, <laughs> I'm arrogant enough to think I have a wealth of knowledge to mold those young minds with mm. at some point. And I want to be around for that. I don't want to miss that. And I don't want them to have to go, you know, come see grandpa in a wheelchair and visit him because he's had his two feet cut off, you know, because he's diabetic and he didn't follow the rules, didn't take care of himself. I don't want that to be a thing. I want to be able to get out with them and go to the woods and show them what I know and show them what I can do and, and help them learn, you know, learn life. You know, it takes a village, it takes a village to raise these kids, especially in today's world. And I want to be a part of that. And that's what motivates me to, to keep after this and do what I'm supposed to do is the fact that I've got people beyond me that depend on me and want me to be around. So I want to be there for them. That's beautiful. So have you seen any ripple effects from your own health and taking care of your own health into other areas of your life? I mean, maybe for example, relationships or the way you interact with coworkers, have there been any ripple effects after surgery? You know, you'd be amazed when, let me back up. You never know as a person and that it goes Mm -hmm. from from, from me to you to the, the garbage truck driver, the guy who flips burgers at McDonald's. I mean, anybody, you never know who you influence just by being who you are. Yes. In saying that, you, it, it's amazing, you know, how many people, you know, people, I, I saw a guy the other night. And he said, man, you look great. And I said, man, you know, well, you know, I kind of cheated. You know, I, I get that because a lot of people think this is cheating. And uh, now these are the folks that don't understand yes. quite what goes into this. It's not cheating, but, for sure. But but, <laughs> but I can I can understand how people from outside mm-hmm. looking in. I can understand how they see that and go, oh yeah, they they can't diet and exercise, but they got to do that. Well, no, they, you you don't understand. This is completely different. But I was talking to him, and I said, you know, well, I kind of cheated, and I did this. And he's a bigger guy too. 
And, and so we talked there for just a little bit and walked away. And then it was kind of like, he came back to, he found me again. I was like, Hey, who was, you know, who did you go to? Where do I start that process at? How do I get started doing this? You know, so you never know who you're going to influence like Max, you know, Max influenced me. I mean, it was nothing but the fact that, that I think enough of him as a person to go, well, man, if Max can do this and you know, I can probably make this happen too, you know, and then it gets, then it gets bigger. It grows. I mean, it, it gets inside you and you know, the, the, the idea and the, and the drive and everything it grows. Okay. Yeah. I can, I can get this done. I can do this. I can make this change. I can make these things happen. Hey, I'm doing this. And then it happens and you have the surgery and you see the weight coming off and, uh, yeah, and it's, it's just, it's just, it's just amazing, but you never know who you're going to influence just by being you. I'm starting to wear down my wife a little bit, you know, because like I said, I cook and do all the things here in the house. And when I was heavier, I, you know, there was things, you know, you have two kids around the house, you're running to baseball practice, you're running to gymnastics, you're running to this, you're not, your eating habits aren't the best in the world unless you make that effort to do them like that. And I didn't. And so, you know, uh, my wife, she's going to need to do something too. And so she started weighing her food with me. Now her diet's a little different than mine is. I mean, she can eat a little, some, you know, a piece of pecan pie or a cookie. I, I don't, I don't slide anybody for that, but you have a half a cookie or one cookie. You don't have two or three or four. So I'm trying to influence those around me to just, just be mindful of what they're doing rather than, I'm not, I'm not cracking a whip and going, Hey, you got to do this. No, just be mindful. Hey, you know, have, have one, not two, you know? Yeah. Often we also, you know, lead by example in the way that we live. So I think you just taking action for yourself probably does a lot more than you'll ever know. So I'm curious, what has been the most surprising thing about your journey so far that you would have never thought? Wow. Well, so I was on blood pressure medication. I was on cholesterol medication. I was on a lot of stuff that stopped surgery day. Wow. My insulin resistance. Now, granted, my diet went from eating stuff to eating not very much stuff on it. But my insulin resistance seemed to have with this bypass, which is what I had. I had an RNY bypass. Mm -hmm. So my insulin resistance seemed to reverse itself at an RNY. A little bit of insulin goes a long way with me right now. Wow. But it's also the way you look at yourself. When I was 320 pounds, it took a photograph from a woman that was just a friend of ours that we went over to their house on Easter for me to really go, God dang, I'm freaking fat. I really need to do something, you know? And I had already started the process at that point, but it was that one photograph that, it, that that's still my motivation photograph. I'm like, oh my gosh. And, and then to look at yourself, my wife and I took some photos when we were down in Cancun of just her and I, and there was another picture. And I was like, who the hell is that guy? That can't be me, you know? And at that point I'm at two, two thirty, something like that. No, probably closer to two forty. when I took that picture down in Mexico. And I mean, I'm 20 pounds lighter than that now, but when I saw that picture, I'm like, who's that guy? And so just the changes in yourself. I mean, I lose about a third of a pound a day, day in, day out right now. In this point in this process, I lose about a third of a pound a day. And, and so you can't obsess or yeah, you can't obsess about if you climb on the scale and you're a pound, if you're a pound heavier today, okay, something's wrong. What's the anomaly? And you just got to work the problem and figure out what's going on. Now, granted, if you went out and had a turkey leg and every time you're, you know, every time your stomach emptied, you ate again and, you know, you did that process for the whole day and you're, or you're constipated and you need to have, you know, you need to have a movement or you, you didn't take your, your Miralax or something else, you know, during that process, you got to figure out what's going on. 
but you're just amazed at how much it comes off and how quick it comes off. And if you just work the process, how it happens. And so yeah. I remember all these support groups and you see these people, you see the people on there. Well, you know, I don't know if I can eat this, or I don't know if I, I can't do protein shakes. They make me sick. I can't do vitamins. So you're okay. In my mind, then you really don't want to do the process then because you're finding reasons not to, you're finding a way not to have to do it. Not, I'm making an excuse why I can't do it. You're not making an excuse why you can't. So I take a wad of vitamins every day that would choke a freaking horse. I mean, you take a berry, you're going to take, be taking a bariatric multivitamin with iron for the rest of your life. You're going to be taking uh, probably protonics uh, to keep the acid levels down in your little pouch for, if not the rest of your life, a long time. You're going to need to take uh, calcium supplements for the rest of your life. I'm the typical guy. You go to the bathroom, you know, every day with this thing, with the amount of protein I intake and the changes in my diet, I have to take a I have to take one of those Miralax packets every two days. And I was like, no, I'm not going to take that. But then you know what? If you don't, you're going to hurt. Your stomach's going to feel backed up. You're going to feel full all the time. And it helps. So you know what? I made that change. I'm like, okay, I'll take the Miralax packet. I don't want to, but I'll take it. If you want to be successful in this process, do what you have to do. Were you aware of all of this and all of these details before going through surgery? Or was there something that you feel like, oh, I wish I had known this? No. And here's why. So when I got diagnosed diabetic at 38 years old, I literally became a student of the disease. Mm. I researched everything I can. I read books and tried to determine everything I could possibly find out about the thing that I was going through or fixing to go through. And, and I did that because I watched the same thing, eat a man that I worked with from the feet up. And ultimately, you know, his organs started to fail and he died. That was the most tragic thing and the most, it was, it was unbelievable to watch, but it started with a toe and it started, and he, and all he did, he, he went, he went into the kitchen one night with his wife to cook dinner and dropped a can of, I think it was a can of corn on his toe and the mm. bruise never healed because of the circulation issues caused by diabetes. And sooner or later he, he lost that toe and then the infection, but the infection was already in, in his feet. So then he lost another toe and then he lost half of a foot and he lost a whole foot. It just went on from there. So. Uh, when I went through this process, I read everything I could. I went out there and became a, a student of this process. I want to know, hey, what do some people see? Uh, I asked the doctor questions. If you have a very informative doctor or, or a doctor that's, that's worth his salt, then he's going to teach you or tell you what you need to know about making it through this process. So when I went through it and everything else, you know, I listened to what they told us in the classes. I read the pamphlets. I read the books. I looked online and, and did my studying and everything. You know, I went to the hospital going, okay, when I wake up after this, it's going to hurt. I'm going to have some pain. I didn't go in there going, oh, this is going to be great. Yippee, here we go. No, you're going to hurt. I mean, it, it's something evasive. They're going in there and they're cutting out a part of your stomach and making you a little pouch. And, you know, there's staples and stitches and other things that are going to happen. And I, I think a lot of folks go in with a, you know, that this is all going to be, you know, wine and roses and they're going to do this surgery and I'm going to feel 100%. I'm going to go out and conquer the world and everything else. No, it's a process. And I see this, I, I see this, for instance, I see this question on time and all the support groups. People go, when can you drink coffee again? And some people go, well, you can't drink coffee again. You know, you can never drink coffee again. Well, yes, you can. 
I mean, wait a minute. So if you ask your surgeon the question and he said, you know, my doctor, Dr. Lee said coffee's allowed, you know, but you can't count it as a liquid because it's a diuretic. It'll dry you out. It'll, it'll dehydrate you. You know, you've got to make sure you make up for that with water or whatever else. And so I know my own body. Anesthesia gives me a headache. When I wake up from anesthesia, I have a headache. So I knew because I'm a coffee guy in the morning and I drink some coffee at night, I knew that I was going to have some dependency issues, some withdrawal issues from, from getting off caffeine. So two months before my surgery day, I started weaning myself off caffeine. And that way on surgery day, I didn't have a headache from anesthesia on top of a headache from not being able to drink coffee. Wow. Were you always so self-disciplined or is this something that you really had to learn when you were diagnosed with type one diabetes? You know, I would love to say yes. I mean, I'm a you know, a Gen X guy raised on a farm, you know, military dad, but, you know, grew up the nobody likes a whiner, you know, if you have a headache, you know what, take something for it, medicate it. If you have, you know, if something hurts, figure out what's going on and, and take care of it. You know, it was just like we, when we would work the cows or the farm animals or whatever, if something's wrong with them, fix it. Um, but being diabetic, when I, when I was diagnosed, it made you more aware of what's going on. So, because if you, if you let yourself go too high, if you let yourself go too low, I mean, there's, there's some, I mean, too low. I mean, it's just like you're, you're as drunk as, as a guy that just walked out of the bar. I mean, you're lightheaded, mm -hmm. you're shaking, you can't focus, you can't, you know, you, your mind can't settle. I mean, everything. If you're too high, man, you're, you're rude, you're, you're short, your, your temper's gone, your, your joints hurt, your, I mean, and so you become aware of, okay, you know, I'm going to sit here at the house and maybe the dog walks up and looks at me wrong, or my wife says something and man, I snap, or one of the kids used to say something, I would snap at them, man, I probably need to check my sugar because that's just not like me. And so you become a little bit self-aware, but you, you, you discipline yourself to take care of that. I know that that goes right back along to what we're talking about the whole time. There's things that I'll never be able to eat again that I might as well just say, no, I'm not going to eat it. I'm not going to tempt myself. I'm not going to go to Brahms and get a hot fudge sundae or something and go, oh, I can, you know, I can have a little bit of this. I just got to shoot for it. No, you, I mean, you really shouldn't because, I mean, you just shouldn't do that. And now you see so many folks on this support group. When can I go to Starbucks and have a mocha choca double frap latte or whatever? You know, that's one of those things that that made us fat to begin with. I mean, how many calories? I mean, thousand calories in that coffee drink or whatever. Well, you can't call it coffee, but yeah, you you can't you you can't. That's what got you there. Why? I mean, why do you want to go? When can I have this again? Well, you can't. I mean, so, if you want if yeah. you want to make this process work, you can't do it. So you're you're now mentioning things that you will and have given up for the rest of your life. Can you tell yes. me about some of the things that you've gained and that you're looking forward to doing and gaining in this next chapter of your life? So I'm, I'm bound and determined. You see so many folks that have this weight loss surgery done and they, they don't, uh, they don't go to the gym. They don't get out and get any more exercise. I've swore to myself. I won't do that. I've, I'm, I'm in the gym every day. I'm working out. I'm, uh, there's an, there's another young lady that's on one of the, one of the support groups and her name is Brittany West. And the, the girl runs Spartan races, you know? And I looked at it a couple months ago and I was like, holy shit, that's cool. That's awesome. And so now I've already paid my entry fee for a Spartan race in June down in Dallas. It's, so cool. it's a five, it's a 5k with 20 obstacles in the 5k. Wow. Now, they, there was, yeah. there was one, there was one here the first of December that I would have loved to have done, 
but I didn't think I'd get my body because I'm 50. I'll be 51 years old in June. And I didn't think I'd get my body ready for that right now because it's going to be, that's going to be a chore. I mean, there's rope climbs, there's, there's jumps, there's monkey bars, there's uh, stone carries. I mean, there's, there's all types of obstacles in these things, but I just think it's cool. I mean, you got to be pretty, pretty tough individual to go down there and even think you're going to make it through that. But to go th- to be 51 years old, to go through what I've gone through, to wait to a, be a year out from weighing 300 and something pounds, to go down there and say, you know what, I just ran a Spartan race and completed it. And whether I finished first or not, you know, that's the only time I'll agree with a participation trophy because I'm like, hey, I got to, you know, here we go. I got a medal for running this race. This is something that I can keep doing. If I enjoy these Spartan races, these things are all over the country. You could make a little trip, a little weekend run for you and your wife to run out here to California, run over here to Georgia, run down to Alabama or Florida or somewhere else, go run a Spartan race, spend the weekend with your wife and then come home. But that's, that's my goal right now is to be in that, to run that Spartan race in June. That is so cool. And I'm sure crossing that finish line feels better than a mocha chocolate or, you know, whatever else. (laughs) That is very inspiring. This has been incredible. I want to end on just asking you for one tip or kind of thought that you would offer someone who's considering bariatric surgery. Uh, Be realistic with yourself. This is not a cheat process. You can hear that and you're going to hear that. Uh, This is not something that is cheating. This is difficult. If you think, if you're walking into this going, oh, this is going to be gravy. This is going to be, you know, I like to use the term, this is going to be a gravy train with a biscuit wheel. It's not. To make this, to be successful, you're going to have to work at it. The first 12 to 18 months after your surgery, provided everything goes right for you, the first 12 to 18 months of your surgery after your surgery is going to be your honeymoon period. You're going to lose weight. Your body is going to not let you eat more than about four or five ounces. You could eat four or five ounces of lasagna every meal of the day, and you're still going to lose weight. After that honeymoon is over with, your body's going to figure out how to store calories off of that four ounces again, because we're, I mean, we're fat guys. I mean, we are. I mean, that's what, that's what we are. Our body said, hey, we like being this big. Let's gain weight. And so it's going to try to put you back where you were at again. It's going to learn how to store those calories. What this 12 to 18 month honeymoon period does, it gives you a chance to build some good, healthy habits that are going to last you past that 12 and 18 months. If you build them, you'll be successful. If you don't build them and you go back to eating, you know, KFC or going back to Starbucks every day or, or can't stay away from the pecan pie at Thanksgiving, you know, you're going to put the weight back on. You have to be realistic with yourself. If you think for a second, well, should I eat this? You know what? You probably shouldn't. And so be realistic with yourself. Be fair on yourself. Don't have unrealistic expectations of, hey, I'm going to lose five pounds a day. No, you're not. That's not realistic. It doesn't just come off overnight. You know, I used to have a dream when I was a kid. I was always a fat guy. I used to have a dream when I was a kid that I could unzip my unzip my belly, pull the pillow out, and I'd be thin. Hmm. Because that's what that's what I wanted to do. That's what would get people to quit laughing at me, quit picking on me, and, and a lot of other stuff. And so that's what I could do. I could unzip my belly, pull out the pillow, and I'd be thin again. Now, this this weight loss surgery has not been as quick as that pillow was, but it's definitely been the tool to help me see what potential I have to do what I want to do. Keep your eye on the prize, be a student of the process, and everything will everything will work out. Amazing. Thank you so much, Jason. You bet, man. <laughs> these are these are great words of wisdom. Um, I'm sure they'll help many people. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more content like this, please consider subscribing to Be Health Curious so you don't miss a beat. We're on Instagram at be.health.curious. Thank you for listening. Stay positive, stay healthy, and we'll see you next time.